0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, we proudly bring to you at a studio 212 in the heart of Seattle, Washington. This is Physical Culture Radio. I'm your super dope host with the most, Greg Jones at Coach Greg Jones, Instagram and Facebook. And with me today is producer again, Keith Anchor. Um, we're going to be talking about a few different uh, things today, guys. We're specifically talking about diets. We're going to go over why a diet plan is made up for certain people just to lose weight and get lean and why we feed you specific macronutrients at certain times. And um I think we left off talking about that you had finally kind of made some inroads in your diet plan in in prepping meals and being a little bit more consistent with with your eating plan last right
1: yeah i just uh it, i've started to be able to dial in just the planning part of it because i've figured out that that's really i mean that's really the key to all of it yeah is just having it there for you to do it's it's so much harder to stick to a meal plan if you have to make something like right when you get home it's right. just so much easier right. to you know like i cooked up uh six pounds of turkey last night yeah Um, And I just threw whatever I didn't need in a bag and I'll, I'll dish it out to go as I, as, you know, the night before or whatever.
0: And, you know, Coach Chris and I uh, talk about this a lot, and um, a lot of the battle of getting into shape um, is outside of the gym, outside of your training and has to do with you know, your, your nutrition plan and what you eat and what you put in your mouth on a day-to-day basis. If you do not prepare yourself correctly every week, you're, you're, it's, you're probably just not going to make that many, um, gains or losses or whatever you're after with, with your diet and training plan. So, um, specifically I have given Mr. Anchor, um, six meals, on both a non-workout day and a a weight training day. And specifically, the total amount of calories is 2,500 on your non-workout days. Both plans, workout and non-workout, have about 300 grams of protein. And we're talking about a 275-pound man Who's, what are you, six, four, six, four and a half?
1: Yeah, six, three, six, four. Yeah.
0: So this isn't a little guy. We're not going to feed him. I'm not going to feed him 150 grams of protein. Um, he's a big guy and he needs, you know, 250 to 300 uh, grams minimum protein. And that's going to be the basis of what we're going to do in the meals on both non workout days and workout days. So what we play around with a little bit is the carbohydrates are a little bit higher and the fat is a little bit higher on the weight training days so specifically what we're doing is um in the first five meals of the day have carbohydrates uh breakfast has 62 grams of carbs Um, the next meal has 30 grams of carbs then it's 56 then the pre-workout has 30 then the post-workout has 56 grams of carbs. So uh, totaling 234 grams of carbohydrates. But the reason why we front load the day and the reason why we have more carbs around the workout is pre and post lift. It's about hundred grams altogether, um, is he's going to need the energy to get through the workout. And he came in the gym yesterday and hadn't had missed one of his meals. Was it the pre-workout meal or the meal before that?
1: It was the, the the protein and carbs uh, middle of the day, the meal number okay. three. So I got okay. my I, I got my uh, oat and protein things, but I didn't get. The, so
0: it was the eight ounce of sweet potatoes and the eight ounce of chicken and or turkey and the asparagus, or, right? And asparagus, so that one has fifty six grams of carbs. Because we're only giving him about two hundred thirty five grams of carbs. If you miss fifty six, you know, in one of the meals before your workout you're probably gonna feel it, which he did
1: yeah i I hit a solid solid wall yeah. about uh, three quarters of the way into it and I right was just I was just yeah I was just stuck in the mud
0: yeah and and one of the things that um coach John Meadows uh talks about and what we do you know with Chris um and myself and I do with my clients is a lot of times we'll take uh you know oats and whey protein or some kind of protein and a slow, slower digesting carb, it can be cream of rice too. And you can slow down the digestion of it by putting in a tablespoon of peanut butter or almond butter. And the reason why we do this in one of the pre-workout meals is so you can have sustained energy for your workout, not bonk. Let's say you're working out for 90 minutes or 75 minutes and it's a hard, grueling workout. And um, the reason why you have those carbs and a little bit of healthy fats um, and the protein to you know, so you can build um, is so you don't bonk. You're not going to store those carbohydrates and a little bit of healthy fats as fat when you're working out hard. And that's one of the premises, and that we that I try to get through to people is is you need healthy fats. You need a certain amount of carbohydrates. A lot of people, you know, these days come to me with, oh, well, why shouldn't I start intermittent fasting to lose weight? All these people are getting great results with intermittent fasting and losing a bunch of weight. Well, what they're doing is overall, they're just creating a deficit. And it's not gonna be optimal to eat eight hours a day and build muscle and only eating eight out of the 24 hours. If you're sleeping for let's say seven or eight hours, that means you're up for 15 or 16 hours. I don't want you. And I think coach Chris would agree with me on this too. We don't want you to be in a fasted state for 15 or 16 of those hours, which is what intermittent fasting calls for. If you're going to be working out and you're trying to sustain or you're trying to build muscle. So specifically, you know, um, in the in the post-workout meal it's another eight ounces of sweet potatoes that you have around 7 p.m correct or do you do a substitution on that
1: no that one if i if if i you know yeah if i'm on target with everything I definitely hit that one yeah
0: and then you usually do the ground beef yeah okay okay so ground beef and eight ounces of sweet potatoes post-workout and that's another 56 grams of carbs 62 grams of protein 16 grams of fat and then the last meal uh, which would be meal number six is, um, going to be six ounces of cooked chicken breast and a cup of green beans or some kind of vegetables. And this is so you can go to bed and have something that's going to, you know, break down into amino acids into the body and feed the muscles and feed, you know, as you're sleeping and going to sleep is this last meal usually comes around nine, nine 30 for you.
1: Uh, sometimes later most, sometimes sometimes later. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I, M- mine is the same. I, I tend to start a little bit later. And like right. we were talking about some of the flexibility on this is that, um, what I have done is a lot of mornings. I'm, I end up just doing four shots of espresso and like yeah. 50 grams of protein just to get my day started and out the door. And then I actually start the eating part of it two hours after that.
0: Right. Right. So in, in, in the workout plan diet, um, he usually starts with uh, a couple pieces of bread, uh, Dave's Killer Bread, a cup of egg whites, and two organic free-range eggs. Um, this is going to give him forty-six grams of protein, sixty-two grams of carb, twelve point five grams of fat coming out of the gates. And this, you know, this breakfast I feel is super critical in starting one's metabolism. I feel like. You know, if you wake up and have water and have coffee and, you know, have some joint care or a multivitamin and then have a good breakfast, you're you're going to be starting your body in an anab- anabolic manner. What you don't want to do is come out of the gates and be catabolic. And that's kind of what the intermittent fasting thing is, is you just don't eat until around noon. Um, and, you know, if you're working out the night before uh, and uh, you wake up and have breakfast. You're in a catabolic state. You fasted all night while you've slept. So seven or eight hours, or let's say you ate at 9 p.m. like like Keith has in his meal plan here the night before. And then he doesn't eat until lunch, you know, in, in a in a bad scenario, that would be like 15 hours that, that you didn't eat. Yeah. Um, and you're gonna be catabolic. Then you get a couple meals in you, um, your metabolism is slowed down a little bit and, um, you're trying to play catch up at that point. So we expose eating breakfast and getting up. And even if you don't feel like eating guys, get into the routine of it. Once you just force yourself to eat breakfast, eat some eggs, um, whether it be egg whites or a couple, you know, whole eggs or you, you, know, you can do whey protein, oats, cream of rice, any kind of combination, some healthy fats, toast. Um, if you put that in your diet, after a while it becomes routine, and then you get up and you just eat breakfast. Again, we're creatures of habit. You develop these proper eating habits and proper, proper training habits. And you're just going to it's going to be routine for your for your lifestyle. And that's the bigger thing what we're trying to attain with this lifestyle change is the smaller, more frequent meals, the working out and why you're eating what you're eating at the specific times that you're eating them to, you know, basically enhance what you're doing in the gym and optimize how you're eating and fueling. Uh, the body and getting the proper amount of micronutrients, macronutrients. A lot of people talk about macronutrients only, carbs, proteins, and fats, but they don't talk about micronutrients. One of the things that's really important with micronutrients is to aid uh, the body's systems to aid the liver, the digestion, to give yourself trace minerals, vitamins that that some of the macronutrients don't have, your micronutrients do have. So what I'm talking about here is vegetables and fruits and things of that sort and not just the protein, carbs and fat. Of course there's going to be some micronutrients in things like peanut butter and things like sweet potatoes and things like that, but if you just eat plain rice, if you just eat plain bread and oats and you do not have any micronutrients, your liver's not going to be as effective at detoxifying itself. There's phase one and phase two um, where the body will basically get rid of pollutants in the body. And it does this with antioxidants. If you don't have you know, B, B vitamins as well. So if you don't, if you're low and you don't take any kind of vitamins or you don't have uh, these vegetables and fruits that have these inherent vitamins in it, guess what? You're gonna start to be deficient in this sort of stuff. So this is the reason why when we put uh, vegetables on your diet, you, you eat the damn vegetables. <laughs> so asparagus, Green beans, salad, things of that nature—you uh, you, you want to keep in the diet. Um, on sp- now, kind of switching gears, or did you have any other questions about substitutions yeah, or? Yeah, so I, okay. I
1: think my question for a lot of these is—is is like, so uh, for me, it just ends up being easier to cook one protein in bulk. Like, yeah. So I did, uh, uh, like I said, I did like six pounds of, of ground turkey last night. Okay. Um, and. Is there a reason why I wouldn't just have that for every protein during the day?
0: I think you you want to create a little bit of variety. Um, when you do w- with proteins, when you do fish, when you do ground beef, when you do turkey, when you do chicken, you're going to get different kinds of things in in that meat source or in that protein source. It's going to be different than the other ones. So, okay, so we're not I'll just- give you an example. Um, there's B vitamins and B12 and iron in red meat, you're not going to get that or high enough levels in like egg whites, yeah. So, there's a reason why we keep some red meat in the diet. Um, if for some reason your doctor says you've got hemochromatosis or high iron levels, or you know, your blood levels are coming back goofy. And then they say, we want you to take the red meat out and it's, you know, maybe you're doing three, four servings of red meat a day, then it becomes too much. Unless there's some contraindication for it, the variety of the protein and also the amino acid profile of that specific protein is going to be different. So okay. the but it's it, there
1: so there's this is about what's in those specific proteins. proteins as opposed to just having some kind of lean protein.
0: Yeah, it, they're all okay. going to have different amino acid profiles. And
1: and that's kind of what I was getting at and that was yeah. the the real question I had because like, you know, yes, I could, you know, and I and I obviously will uh try and vary that, you know, uh, from day to day to make right. sure that I'm getting all of them, but I, you know, I, I was just curious cuz like I mean, when I first saw the diet plan, I was like all right, this doesn't look anything like anything else I've tried because most of them say cut out as much of the carbs as you can, right, um, stick to you know lean meats and vegetables, right, avoid white rice, avoid potatoes, all that stuff, yeah, just you know try and get down to just the cleanest you know uh least calorie amount of fuel you can right. get right so uh, when I was looking at that, I was like, oh, all right, i I don't understand necessarily why you want to do some of this stuff, and that's yeah. kind of why we're doing this is so that you know we can explain to people you know, what it is you need to get out of each meal, the philosophy yeah. behind it. Yeah. And so I, I think the other thing goes, it'd be the same for, for the vegetables. I mean, I know there's, there's spinach in, in one meal and lots of asparagus and others. I've substituted beets here and there because yeah, they're great. I love beets. I'm a huge um, beet fan. My question is, is, uh, do you need to vary the greens as much or the vegetables? You know, I,
0: I think you do want to vary your vegetables like, like you want to vary your proteins, um, again, you're going to get different micronutrient breakdowns and antioxidant profiles with, with different kinds. Now, everybody kind of has their go-tos and vegetables that maybe they do like, or they don't like. So when people have some kind of a go-to that they really will eat and smash all the time, I'm like, well, go for it. Cause it's probably, you know, this is good for you. Yeah. And if you hate this, I mean, some people like hate the smell of cauliflower <laughs> and they're just like, I'm not doing it. I specifically, like when I eat broccoli, it's so high in fiber that it makes me kind of gassy. Hmm. So if I smash a couple cups of broccoli, I usually get gas. doesn't matter what kind of protein I have with it, what kind of carb. If I'm smashing broccoli, it makes me kind of gassy. So even though like people think, oh, broccoli is a great vegetable, it may not specifically be good for you. Or maybe the insoluble fiber in it doesn't completely agree so with your there, system. Are so. there
1: any vegetables that you would say to not work into the rotation? Um, are are there vegetables that people
0: say like, uh, corn and carrots kind of have a higher carbohydrate value. So you have to start adding in the carbs, whereas the other ones, it's like a negligible amount. Okay. So, but you know, when we're, when you're talking about like most greens, like kale and spinach and, you know, arugula, arugula, any, any of that stuff, you can pretty much eat that in abundance as long as you're not putting, a, a crap ton of oil and dressings on
1: it. Yeah. No, you know, I'm, to, I'm pretty much on a Sriracha and hot sauce diet. For yeah.
0: I've been on a Sriracha kick lately too. Uh, um, but yeah, you, you, you do want to vary up. So I, beets are kind of my go-to. I think I've mentioned this before. I really like beets. I like fermented uh, red beets and cabbage. And then I just will either uh, oven bake or boil beets and then cut them up in little pieces and put them on top of my rice and, ground beef or chicken or whatever I eat. Like I'll just make a bunch of beets at once. Kind of like you did the big thing in Turkey. And then with you know my next six or seven meals, I've got this big thing of beets that are cooked and I just put them on top, like a cup on top. But I will challenge you guys to, to, to try something with your diet. So if you're not a big vegetable eater, what I want you to try to do is two to three cups a day and two to three different meals have a cup to a cup and a half of different kinds of vegetables for about a week straight. And tell me you don't feel better after seven days from if you didn't have them to after you've had them for like seven days, I guarantee you, your body will feel better. It will run better. And you're not going to really even realize the difference until you do this. So it's a, this is a lot of naturopaths do this thing called a food elimination diet. And then you do a reintroduction diet too. So to figure out um, allergens in the body, you eliminate all the common allergens and then you eliminate them for three weeks. And then one by one, you reintroduce introduce this. And what you do is to figure out if you have a specific allergen to any one thing, let's say dairy, let's say, Gluten, let's say soy, shellfish, what have you, common aller- you know, peanuts and pistachios, common allergens. If you put that one thing in your diet three times in one day after eliminating it for three weeks, you're going to know if it fucks you up or not, yeah. like really fast. Especially like dairy. Dairy is a huge culprit. You take that out for three. People who can drink milk or have yogurt every day, and it might cause a little bit of an underlying stressor, but you're not going to really know... You know, if it really bugs you, unless you eliminate it for three weeks and then put in two glasses of milk, Greek yogurt, and some cottage cheese all in on one day after the three weeks of being off, you're going to know really quick if it messes with you or not.
1: All right. So another question I actually had about this was uh, I know that we've been going – Um, after a lot of lean proteins and, and cutting out fat, there are a couple of instances on here where you at, say add a half teaspoon of coconut oil or macnut oil. And my question was, is that just to cook stuff in or do I actually need the oil that's in there?
0: You actually need the oil. The The healthy fat um, is put in there for a reason. It's overall total in, total out. We're, we're going to measure and we're going to adjust the total amount of calories. But a little bit of healthy fats is going to help a lot of different functions in the body. What happens is when you take fat completely out of the body, the joints usually don't work as well. Um, brain functioning, uh, l- there's a lot of different things that know, hair, skin, and nails, um, that are skin specifically is gonna be a little bit better if you have a little bit of fat in your diet. If you take the fat macronutrient completely out, um, you're, you're taking out something that's really healthy in the body. So uh, omega-3s, omega-6s, and omega-9s are like olive oil and flaxseed and a lot of nut oils, macadamia nut. Um, and those specifically are going to help the body. Um, and specifically, it's going to help the joints, but it's also going to help your lipid profile. So that's going to help raise HDLs is going to help, help lower LDLs. And fish oil is also um, going to help, and omega-3s in general, are going to help uh, your blood
1: vessels. Okay. So, so there's uh, a lot of different my, things, uh, uh, health benefits. I would guess my question and, and probably the assumption that, that I'm under now would be that much like the proteins or the vegetables or the carbs— We also want to keep a variety in those oils. Yeah, just to make sure we get through. So, um, and there's
0: some ones that are—they're not all created equal, right? Exactly. There's ones that are better. Yeah.
1: Um, You mentioned olive oil. Is that an okay substitute if I can't find macnut oil? Yeah,
0: olive oil is good, but olive oil is not going to be an omega three. Or it's going to be an omega nine. Okay. Um. So it's it's going to be beneficial, but it's not going to have. The same effect on your blood vessels, and and not going to raise HDL okay. like the omega threes are.
1: So again, much like before, we want to make sure we're keeping a variety of oils yeah. in the rotation, so it's not just one or the other.
0: Right. Okay. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, and there's certain ones. So usually the sunflowers, the the safflowers, the vegetable oils that are hydrogenated will actually hurt. Uh, your blood vessels. So those will raise uh, LDL and VLDL, a very low de- density lipoprotein, which are the ones that are correlated with cardiovascular disease and atherosclerosis. So you have cardioprotective fats and oils, and then you have ones that are suck. That suck. <laughs> yeah. So anything hydrogenated, fully hydrogenated, partially hydrogenated, look for that Ingredient on the back of whatever you're eating, um, and if it says, "Oh, it's a it's a healthy source of fat," and you know it's a vegetable oil, so it's you know all natural and you know vegan and this and that, but then it has hydrogenate in it. You're 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 doing yourself a disservice
1: by eating it. So one uh, again, more questions. Uh, one thing I did notice about this is there's zero dairy in this at all. Zero dairy. Right. Zero dairy. Yeah. So, what are the the downsides of dairy for this kind of a program?
0: So, with, with dairy, uh, what we've found specifically with, um, except for, I think it's got whey, right? Yeah, it's got whey, whey isolate. So, which is a dairy product. But if, but the other dairy uh, sources that usually have lactose and it just generally when you're trying to lean out, um, People that keep dairy in their diet usually have a harder time getting lean. So it's just
1: a huge source of fat.
0: No, not just a huge source of fat. Certain dairies have a lot of lactose in them. So you're getting milk sugars. Okay. And so it can, I mean, if you're having a, you can, because you can have fat-free yogurt and milk, but it still has the lactose. And then you're getting that sugar thing probably at not the time that you want the sugar thing. Um, and not specifically around your meal and then, de- or, uh, pre or post workout. And then, you know, it's not, it's not going to be beneficial. So we, we've just found that if you take it out, um, and like sp- specifically like uh, a lot of females that I train, um, that are kind of big bread and dairy, uh, consumers. If, if you tell them those two things, because then you're cutting out like fucking ice cream yeah. and you know, all kind of yogurt that has tons of sugar in it. And and breads. People seem to snack on breads late at night. And so invariably if you take those two things and say, Don't eat any more of these, you can get results off people and not making any other changes. Just just take the dairy and fucking bread out.
1: So for for those of us who who can't drink straight espresso just all of the time, like I I like a coconut milk latte. Is coconut milk. Have a
0: have a non dairy something with a little bit of fat. That's sugar-free.
1: Okay, so like coconut milk works. Co-
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. The coconut milk, the the almond combo. They they make little like nut combo ones that are yeah. non-dairy too. That taste pretty good. Almond, French milk vanilla. Great. Yeah, almond. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Now,
1: how do you feel about soy? Uh,
0: soy. You know, I think a little bit of soy is fine. A lot of people feel like phytoestrogens, and you know, you're gonna have these problem with estrogens in your body. I think unless specifically you have an issue with a higher estradiol, if you're a guy and you're eating like, I I think if somebody eats a couple servings or a serving edamame once a week and has sushi and then uses a little bit of soy sauce and their estrogen, estradiol levels are fine. I think you're fine. Uh, If you smash tofu every day and have soy milk, could it cause an issue? I I think the research says yes, that it could potentially, but I I don't think the jury is out on a little bit and having a few servings of it. And I'll relate that to when you have something that's mildly allergic in the body, uh, they they say that, that you can have certain things in your diet on a food rotation. Meaning if you're a little bit allergic to something like Let's say, like, some kind of berry bugs you, or there, or salmon, or something causes stuffiness, or something. They say that you can have it every four days and you're going to be fine. You don't need to eliminate it altogether unless it's just a really bad allergen, like some people have to nuts and some people have to fish and, you know, different, different sorts of foodstuffs that cause bad allergies in people. But things that are just, can mildly mess you up, you can have every four days and, and most naturopaths and doctors will say that's, that's, that's fine to do okay. in their diet. Yeah. Um, so on the non-workout day, what, what we're kind of after. So on, on this non-workout day, and I just kind of wanted to cover this really quick. Um, he has no carbs coming out of the gate so there's 62 grams of carbs and two pieces of dave's killer bread on the workout days on the non-workout days i give him a little red meat four ounces of lean uh meat such as sirloin eye of round uh flank or top round a half a tablespoon of virgin virgin coconut oil and then a half a cup of egg whites so there's no carbs So on the days you're not working out, you don't need as many carbs. So we take a little bit of carbs out of the diet. I think it's only like about 30 total grams, but there's a little less fat in the diet too. So still the the calorie count is 2,400 at the end of the day uh, for Keith, um, and still 300 grams of protein, around 200 grams of carbs, 44 grams of fat, And what you don't want to do with with a big guy or even a big female that weighs over 150 pounds if if she really shouldn't be 100 pounds and it's 50 pounds of fat, but if it's a bigger person, you don't want to starve these people and just tell them to eat no carbs at all. I mean, even on his non-workout days, we give him 205 grams of carbohydrates and you want a certain amount of carbohydrates because you still need to fuel the body to fucking walk around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, activities of daily living, you need carbohydrates are the, are the preferred fuel source. What happens is if you just have uh, fats and proteins, i.e. like an Atkins diet, um, you go into a state called glu- gluconeogenesis where you're burning blood ketones and, and, and your body's turning that protein into fuel and it's not building on itself. So we still want to build, even I mean, our day off, we're recovering from the last day of working out. So you still want to be in an anabolic state and burning, not in this catabolic state, uh, but you, do, you, you want to create a little bit of a deficit, but you don't want to be burning up muscle. Yeah. So one of the things that, why we do check-ins with people once a week, and one of the things like when I come down, and right now I'm four and a half weeks out, I'm almost, you know, just a little over a month out from my show. I have to check in a couple times a week with, with Chris, because on certain days, like I only have on my low days, I have 117 grams of carbs, which is really fucking low for somebody over 200 pounds. And, but if I start losing too much weight too quickly, you know, in like, three or four days, he has to, we got to send in photos and I have to send in my fasted body weight because if he needs to raise my calories and carbs or, or, or some kind of macronutrient, he needs to make that adjustment, you know, uh, a couple times a week and not just once a week. So that's the, the the check-in process is critical on this. And right now I'm checking in, Keith is checking in with me about once a month which is fine because he's just getting into the meal plan getting in the consistency of the whole thing. And, um, that th- the, biggest part for us coaches is, is, is to nail that. If you nail that everything else typically falls into place.
1: Yeah. And I think we saw the first month, I think we said, you know, somewhere between eight and 10 pounds I lost. And I think right. we kind of set a goal for this next month of October is to get, is to shoot for 12 just Right to have the diet, you know, uh, uh now that it's dialed, dialed in Yeah, and then, you know, making sure I'm getting my cardio, Yeah. Uh, A little bit more frequently. But like we talked about it. We don't think that that's an outrageous goal for 12 pounds over the the next month. No,
0: no. And it's you're on about a three pound a week schedule loss. Um, And when the diet's nailed and you still have a few pounds to lose, it's not out of the ordinary to drop that. Now, will we keep that pace? No, No. it's not going to keep that. And if you think about The how many calories, I mean, a pound of fat is 3,500 calories. So you got to create a deficit every week of 3,500 calories to drop a pound. So if you're dropping several pounds of fat, you're creating quite a deficit. But once you get that metabolism stoked, um, it it usually just comes falling off. I would also be happy with eight or nine pounds, even if we're not double digits, if it's like two pounds a week oh yeah or a pound and a half i mean any losses you know at this stage because then you know as you go along it's a law of diminishing returns yeah and then you start having to tweak the
1: calories so and jump. pull some of those back or add so i think for me just the idea for me is just consistent month over month right loss like that's really what i'm going for because i know that if i can keep it up i'll get to where i'm going eventually even if it's not 12 pounds a month yeah like It's been like four or five years since I was working out and like seriously making any kind of progress. So at this point, just seeing month over month consistent loss would be an improvement. And I'm cool with
0: that. and And I think if, you know, I hold you accountable and you hold yourself accountable just to making those meals as the first step. I think everything's gonna fall in place.
1: Yeah, and that's the kind of where I'm coming to. And because I, I think at first when I saw the diet plan, uh, it was a little bit intimidating because right. I don't think most of us are used to eating that much. That much, right? Um, and what I. I was afraid that it was going to be, I was gonna be bloated and I was like, Oh my God, how am I going to lose weight? Right. Killing right. 2,500 calories. How the fuck a day. am I
0: eating 300 grams of protein a day and going to lose weight? Yeah.
1: yeah. And, um, what, what I found was that one eating clean, you just burn through it so much faster. Right. Your body just ends up, uh, and uh, metabolism cranks. Yeah. And it works so much better with that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, now, I think the the biggest challenge for me diet-wise, as far as the eating part of it goes, is just, man, I, I don't think I've ever been able to smash two cups of rice at once. Right. So that one's going to be a little bit challenging. Yeah. And I think if if there's anything that's still I, – I haven't gotten nailed down by the end of the month, it'll just be making sure that I get those two cups of rice on that, like, fourth meal of the right. uh, uh, non-workout days. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you
0: know. I think, yeah, y- just, just, just keep with the consistency of it and um, – we'll we'll get you to the end of the road on it and we'll consistently make these, you know, get you in a better shape. And the thing about it is when you're working out like this, as hard as you do cuz you do go really hard in the gym, and you always finish your workouts, um the muscle is going to be there. You're not going to lose any muscle as you're losing the fat because you're feeding it, you're feeding the body. You're going to start to feel a lot of it, a lot better and you're any your energy's not going to be shit. So. Yeah,
1: no, and that's the thing I've noticed. Like, I, I definitely feel better even just, you know... I
0: think, like, a prime example is yesterday when you missed a meal, then you felt like shit. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, yeah. this is the- And you bonked, and then the workout fucking sucked.
1: Yeah, and I was just like, oh, well, okay, now I, I know exactly what the problem is because I didn't get enough of what I needed, and I just... I died, you know? But yeah. I was just like, nah, not happening. Yeah. But, you know, I... I feel better. Even even nailing just like sixty-seven percent of my meals. Right. Um, I feel physically better in this last month than I have in the past year. Good. Good.
0: Good. So. That's a step in the right direction. Guys, for uh Keith today and Chris Edmonds, I'm Greg Jones. Thanks a lot for listening to another episode of Physical Culture Radio. It's gonna next time.